1: the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Everybody wants to open a microphone today or just call a friend, sit by the water cooler, bother your coworker in the cubicle next to you with the Q word followed by the C word. Quarterback controversy. I don't think we're there yet in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett's dealing with a concussion. He's going to go into the concussion protocol. I think that makes your decision pretty easy for the Miami game on Sunday night. Let Mitch do it. I don't think
0: there's two words more tantalizing in sports in terms of water-cooler conversations than quarterback controversy. And when you bring it to a city like Pittsburgh, who has yes. had so so little of it in its, in its franchise's history since 1970, since 52 years ago, that makes it even more tantalizing, even the more juicy to discuss it at any chance that you possibly can. But I kind of agree with you, Tom. I think the way the cards have been dealt, you don't really need to have a controversy this week, especially g- given the the storyline surrounding Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback you'll be facing on Sunday night. I don't think there's a reason to really force a hand here. I think with Kenny being concussed, I think you're given you're going to be given a pass and say, no need to rush Kenny back from a concussion, when we you've seen other teams do so, and struggle because of it or suffer because of it. You have a decent enough quarterback as your backup. I'm using air quotes backup because he started the season for you and he won the game for you essentially on Sunday afternoon yesterday. But with that guy, Mitch Trubisky. Being at your disposal, I don't think there's any reason for there to be any controversy this week. There will be, of course, because that's what sports does—they they, they create stories out of thin air. But I think because the way Mitch played, the way he won you the game, and with Kenny dealing with a concussion that, if reaggravated, could keep him out for a longer term than you would hope for, the, the the writing is kind of on the wall here.
1: It's pretty common knowledge now that the most dangerous time for Head injuries is when you're coming off of a concussion and you get another concussion. That, that's exactly that what happened be to Tua. Damaging Tua, Cameron Brait. That's what happened to him. Right. he I mean, was coming we saw off him, of a concussion. And it then... took him about 20 minutes on the, uh, on the field to really come to. So that's why I think you know, you've know you got a rookie quarterback with Kenny. There is no need to rush him back. And Absolutely. Like not. you said, you have the backup that is starter quality. Especially
0: so, when it's the quarterback you drafted in the first round to be the quarterback of the future for this franchise. There's no need to
1: throw him out there in a game when you're 2-4. and four. And again, you can still have the debate on what's the season about. Now, out of left field, because the division is so crappy right now, There still is this hope of the division. So now you can sit here and realistically think about, and it gets even more ratcheted up next week if you beat the Dolphins, the AFC North being back into play. And are you playing for a playoff spot this year, being competitive till the very end and trying to get one of the uh, top four seeds by winning your division? Or is this season all about the future? Is this about developing Kenny, developing the young offense, and having the team grow together so that 2023 they can really hit the ground running and hopefully show the improvement that they built upon in 2022? I kind of lean towards the latter still. You know, I think I'm partial to teams like the Bengals and the Ravens maybe getting hot and kind of snatching that AFC North crown, even though they're kind of spinning their tires right now. But the debate can be had. I mean— You can sway me either way, and I'm going to listen to either argument because it's got merit now when you're sitting only a game back of the Baltimore Ravens and you play them twice and you still play the Bengals one more time and you got Mm -hmm. another date with the Browns as well. So if you want to try to win now, you start Mitch on Sunday, you protect Kenny, And then if Mitch plays really well in Miami, if he looks like the fourth quarter Mitch that we saw against Tampa Bay for a full 60 minutes, and you're all of a sudden at 3-4 and going into Philadelphia, then I think you really got to think about, do I just keep Mitch in and continue to bring Kenny along as the backup and try to win now with Mitch?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad plan at all. That's kind of why you went out and you made both moves, right? It wasn't that you put all your eggs in one basket rather than just going ahead and signing Mitch and then using the first-round draft pick to help build around him, or you went out and you used the money you spent on Mitch in free agency to get another free agent at a different position to help build around the guy that you drafted in the first round and can he pick it, right? You, you played it safe, you being the Steelers. You didn't put all your eggs in one basket hoping that this is either going to work for us and we're going to have our guy or we're gonna be left with Mason Rudolph as our backup, and that's gonna be that. And maybe if the guy that we go with doesn't work out, we're gonna to have to throw in Mason Rudolph in there at some <laughs> point. Not, to, not to be, not to say that throwing in Mason Rudolph would be no. The I mean, he's the best third string
1: quarterback I think in the NFL right now. Oh, I don't think there's a <laughs> no, no question about anyone it. Anyone even close it as a third stringer
0: for sure, but. This is why you went out and you signed Mitch and you drafted Kenny, to give yourself the option. And it's it's kind of funny how here we are heading into week seven. This isn't even the first time, and we're only seven weeks in. This isn't even the first time that we've had a, oh, do you go with Kenny or do you go with Mitch? Because you've now seen them both. Because we saw in uh, the Jets game in week four, Mitch wasn't working out, so you went with Kenny, and Kenny provided that spark for you. And then yeah, he didn't have his best game against uh, Buffalo, but neither did the entire team. But then he comes out against the Buccaneers, that vaulted defense and his first possession of the game and leads a game opening touchdown drive to go up. What was it, seven nothing or seven to three? Seven nothing. Seven nothing. First time you've done that all season. First time what going back to I think like week ten of last season that you've scored a touchdown on your opening drive of a game. You're feeling good, and then he goes down with a concussion. And what do you do? Well, you're not left with a potential third-string uh, quarterback in Mason Rudolph. You have Mitch Trubisky waiting. And what does he do? He kind of does what Kenny did in that Jets game. He provided a spark. He led a touchdown go-ahead drive, and then he was able to kill the clock all four uh, minutes and remaining change of that clock to not even give Tom Brady the chance to come back and kick a game winning field goal on his part. So, if Mitch comes out against Miami and wins that game and does so with, let's say, not crazy numbers, but maybe 200 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions, and you're saying, okay, well, maybe I, I'm feeling good, good enough about him. Might as well just keep chugging him along. I think the only issue with with that is, Say he comes out against Philadelphia and your offense falls flat against Philadelphia. Three points in the first half. Do the half. switch
1: again and we're do going the back, and again? Forth and back and forth. That's what and you back can't happen
0: because then you're you're back to 2019 when you were just flip flopping between Mason Rudolph and Doug. Oh, Hodges. it's a better flip. It's a better flip flop, but you look, you look very indecisive. It's and never look... going to
1: happen. There's never going to be a quarterback by committee in the NFL. No. that's a very college thing to do, and even in college, that's a very rare thing to mm-hmm. have happen. So, that's off the table. Obviously, I'm joking, but. Macro aside, we can get to the macro after the Dolphins game. Looking at the here and now in this week, I think your best bet is Mitch. Health wise, it just makes sense to keep Kenny out, take it slow with him. I don't anticipate this to be a very serious concussion. He got up right away. He walked off the field under his own power. He didn't see that, you know, that knee wobble. Now, all concussions are different. So I'm not going to play doctor here and say, Oh, that's not a serious concussion. He didn't wobble mm-hmm. when he went off the field. It could end up being a very serious concussion. That's what the experts are there to do is to determine how Assess severe that. this yeah. is. So, just from looking at it from afar, you hope and it doesn't seem like it might be that big of a uh, or that bad of a concussion. So maybe he is cleared from the protocol by Sunday. Just don't think there's any reason to rush it. You've got a capable quarterback that I think we now have more confidence in his ability to go down to Miami and try to win a football game. And the other thing that's weird about the whole Kenny getting hurt and Mitch coming in thing, it's almost like since Mitch had already been benched and then had to go back in there for the injury, that he had nothing to lose. And he was playing with a confidence and a lack of fear that we hadn't seen in those first four weeks that led to him getting benched. He was throwing the ball down the field. He averaged 12 yards per completion.
0: I can't tell you why the offense was so kind of stagnant in those first, what, three-and-a-half games, two-and-a-half three games. There's no right answer. There's I don't know if there's a wrong answer either, but Mitch for sure was at some point as the season continued to unfold was worried that if I keep putting up, what, three to ten points per game, they could very easily go to Kenny Pickett. So maybe it's absolutely that case where he felt like he had nothing to lose. that's what If
1: I was Mike Sullivan, I would have pulled him aside and I would have been like, look, Mitch, what do you have to lose now? You already lost your starting job. mm -hmm. Just go out there and sling it, brother. And he did. He pushed the ball downfield. He took risks. He took chances. He looked in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. He did things that were uh, so completely off the radar of something he would do just three weeks ago when he still had his starting job. So maybe you get this confidence now in him where he can kind of go out there and just sling it a little bit. And I'm very interested to see that in Miami if he does indeed get the start like I think he should. If he goes out there and just plays with a kind of a looseness to him and a, and a free Gunslinger. mentality of, yeah. I don't know about necessarily gunsling like crazy, because you still got to protect of, the football. But
0: happy to kind of... To make a little mm-hmm.
1: risk there, throw mm-hmm. it into some coverage, throw a ball to Pickens for him to make a combat catch like he did. You know, throw the ball to Claypool over the middle. Let him use the middle of the field to get a first down. Throw the ball to Hayward over the middle of the field when there's too many men on the field. You know, I I think maybe, and I hope maybe, we see more of that in this Miami game if Mitch is indeed the starter. Is a little bit of confidence in the game building off of what he did in that fourth quarter and uh, middle of the third quarter against Tampa.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would be upset to see the ball thrown down the field when I think that was his biggest criticism uh, in those first uh, three and a half games of the season when he wasn't throwing the ball down the field he wasn't giving the ball to guys like Pat Fryermuth or George Pickens and even so the, the passes he got off to chase Claypool weren't significant yardage kind of completions they were they were very short they were one to two to three yards down the field and that was really it you saw him on occasion throw the ball kind of kind of try to stretch the field a little bit, but it was on occasion. It felt like on this past Sunday yesterday that it was almost every pass that he was throwing was traveling 10 yards down the field through the air alone, right? And that had nothing to do with whatever was done after the catch because Chase Claypool, let's not forget too, he had another huge completion or a huge third-down conversion where he caught the ball but had to run another four yards to get to the line to gain, and he got beyond it even. I mean... It just seemed like with Mitch out there yesterday, it was the Mitch Trubisky that you thought you were getting uh, at the beginning of the season, right? It felt like this is the guy who had started in his career 30-plus games, you know, like 40 games in his career, had led a team to the playoffs, led a team to a division crown, and given this offense, especially now with the offensive line doing much better than expected, and the offensive weapons he has surrounding him, He could easily take advantage of all of those opportunities on this offense and lead it to not saying the best offense in the league, not something like we saw out of Buffalo and Kansas City, but something that can, if your defense is maybe letting the opposing offense slip through its fingers, your offense can go out there and and keep up and, and not be worried about just letting the game fall out of your hands.
1: Wasn't perfect. By any stretch of the imagination on the offensive side of the ball, though, again, they only put up 20 points and they could not get much going on the ground Mm -mm. for what seems like the 25th week in a row now that we've said that Uh, 14 carries 42 yards for a three yard per carry average from Najee. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different guys got at least a carry. So they were definitely trying to throw mm-hmm. a bunch of crap on the wall. Uh, Najee got 14 carries to lead the way. Mitch had six carries and only went for five yards on those six carries. That feels so... low. but those... maybe, Does
0: maybe uh, a big chunk of that uh, come from the fumbled snap? Does that count as a run for him? It might. That might that sounds like because I
1: be thought right. he scrambled for a uh, well. That my my main point was that you know I'm glad that he was running six times. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad that he actually used his legs for a change because that was something as well that we said with him. Like you were billed as this guy that can, when nothing's open, make ten yards happen with your feet, and you haven't done it in four weeks since you've been here. So I think he might have run more times in this game than he tried to all of the four weeks. Now that I think about it,
0: that. Fumbled snap definitely counts for it because do you remember how he's scr- it was like a yes. second and eleven he scrambled he took ten the yards read
1: and just ran and then
0: the very yep. next play on the, on the hurry up he just got the one yard that he needed on the sneak so definitely that that fumbled snap counts into
1: that so he definitely had more than just yeah five his long yards. run was nine yards like yeah there you go phenomenal stuff from him but. Again, you're not seeing the yardage being put up by the running game. Warren only had two carries for two yards, so your top two backs combined for 16 carries and 44 yards on the day, and that needs to be better. Mm-hmm. And people Absolutely. will say, hey, great run defense from from Tampa Bay. That's kind of reputation-based now more than it is actually fact because they were giving up 115 yards on the ground right around the middle of the pack of the NFL heading into this game. Now that might correct itself, and Maybe this was the game that started to turn it in the right direction for them and they'll be a top-five run defense like they have been the past couple years. But that hadn't been the case heading into this game, and I expected a little bit more on the ground from the Steelers, and they just could not, again, get anything going ground-wise. And Once again, I think we're sitting here and we're saying, I don't think the offensive line played a terrible football game. So you really have to wonder what is messing up the run game and what is causing it to not get on track for even just one game here or there. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Do you feel like they're neat? Like that point will come, right? Do you feel like that game will finally come where Najee just breaks out? Because at this point, six
1: weeks in, you're kind of creating the habit of, no, you're not a run team. He had a 14 yard run. But I think he really needs to get, like, a 35, 40-yarder under his belt. You I mean, know, He needs, something to, get, where he he needs can, to get 100 yards
0: on the ground. He needs, he needs to gallop to see, for yeah. a little bit,
1: you know. Get three first downs in one run by going 40, 50 yards down the field. You know what I mean? Like, start to feel it that way. Get a big chunk run under your belt. But I don't know. It just seems like when you watch him run, there's never really that threat for him to really break one. Or, you know, watching Zeke last night in that Sunday Night Football game, there was just plays where he just... Had so much burst through the hole, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon, you know. And that guy's not the same Zeke, he's a little washed up, and you still saw him hit that extra gear or, yeah, you know, get into open field with 20 yards to go. And I'm like, oh, he's going to the end zone. Like, he's I mean, I think he finished
0: it. with 90 yards on the and he the had day. a toddy, like, yeah.
1: and I just don't see that, you know. Wow, he hit the hole so fast. Like he exploded through that hole. He got 5 yards before the defense even knows what hit him and now he's still running in the secondary. You, you don't see that burst, you don't see that explosion. And that's what's a little bit worrisome when it comes to Nod right now.
0: Yeah, I'm, you're not really seeing much of it. Like he said that 14-yard carry, I believe, came pretty early in the game. I believe came on that that opening drive touchdown or opening touchdown drive for the game for the Steelers. So if that if that's the case, I mean, you have your best drive or your best run of the day, uh, five minutes into the game, and then you don't even you don't even uh, get a carry that goes longer for 10 yards for the rest of the day. So of the of the 42 yards you had on the day, 14 came on the first drive. So that means for the rest of the day, you're running what 30 yards for the rest of the 60 minutes of football, or I guess 55 minutes of football. You can't. That is not a sustainable offense.
1: No, it's not, and the offense got a favor done to it by that great kick return by Stephen Sims as well to help yes, get three absolutely. more points on the board. You hate that you had to settle for a field goal after that And you hate gift. that
0: Stephen Sims didn't
1: get into the end zone. Uh, I know. I can't believe he got tracked down. I thought he was gone. Just,
0: I mean, it's hard to run 100 yards at full sprint.
1: But here's the thing. You found your kick returner now. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long since you've seen a Steelers kick returner make plays like this to help win a football game. It's usually just don't make the bad play. That's what we've been hoping don't for. Fumble That's the, the ball. bar yeah. for the Steelers' return game right it. now is don't fumble and try to just fall forward for any positives that you can get. 112 yards in the kick-return game, obviously, with that 89-yard kick return. And then on three punts, he took them at, uh an average of 7.7 yards per punt. And long of 24 yards, yep. which set them up in great field position again. So. Two big splash plays from Steven Sims. You haven't had splash plays from that spot of your roster in what seems like forever. Gunner, I think, was a good signing in the offseason because that was his specialty. But Steven Sims has emerged and now needs to take the reins as your full-time kick and punt returner, if health permits, for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and I
0: don't think unless that injury happens, God forbid, that he's going to lose that job. Because maybe he fumbles once, but at the end of the day, if that puts him at neutral, he, that he has fumbled the ball a couple of, once or twice, just like Gunner has, Steven Sims still has the advantage because he's had the bigger splash plays than Gunner has as a return man.
1: Yeah, no question. And again, where would they be without that 89 kick return that did, of course, only get them a field goal, but when you only win by two, getting those three points is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. So... Kudos to Stephen Sims there.
2: Fresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first. Like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all. Even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney. Make everybody count.
1: One more negative thing that I got to get to before we hand out our Monday money makers. Sure. The clock management at the end of the first half was yeah. very questionable, and winning is a great deodorant, and Coach Tomlin is probably thanking that deodorant today, but people aren't going to forget about that. That was very poor clock management. You pass on first down because you're trying to get more points because we never die, right? We always try to score, and if there's two seconds on the clock, we have 98 yeah. yards to pay, and there, in we're in for You it. don't have a, a real issue with the pass but it misses so the Mm -hmm. clock stops then you decide to run the ball on second down you get stuffed timeout third and long now you're really stuck do you throw the ball risk an incompletion and they keep a timeout in their back pocket when you give them the ball back or do you make them burn that timeout and then give them the ball back well you run the ball it goes nowhere you make them burn that timeout and you give Tom Brady the goat the ball back and of course what happens he gets them into range for a Mm -hmm. field goal to get three points at the end of the half just gifted to him you gotta and of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. But you just run three straight times and you kill the clock. Game's over, or the half's over. They burn two timeouts, or then you, do, or you make
0: sure that pass is, is gonna be completed in,
1: somewhere in the flat, inbounds, wide open. If it hits, it can. If the blocks are in place and he makes a man miss, Naji or whoever can go for thirty yards. If it misses and someone makes a tackle, it's a two yard gain, and we keep the clock moving. Even if it's a two yard loss, just keep the clock moving. yeah, yeah. and. So it's not all coaching, for sure, that was boneheaded there because execution wasn't there by having that incomplete pass. But you got to coach that better. You can't be gifting three points to a team like Tampa Bay to an offense led by Tom Brady like that. When you've dominated that first half, to go in only up by one instead of four, that was bad. And that's something that I know Coach T is looking at himself and saying, i got to be better in that spot. Absolutely. I mean... That field goal doesn't happen, and
0: the game is entirely different, right? You're you're not worried about them coming down the the field. Yeah, we don't have that two point conversion right? play to worry about. They have to. They just kick the they just kick the extra point, and they have to get the ball back regardless because they have to get that additional three points that they the have at the end of the
1: half. It's a completely
0: different ball game.
1: Completely different ball game. So. That's something that you got to look at and you got to be better at. The clock management there was just below the line. And again, I know Coach T knows that. He recognizes that. He's been around long enough to know when he's probably screwed up a little bit. That was a spot where he definitely screwed Mm -hmm. up. You got to get into halftime there with a 10 6 lead. Under no circumstances should you have given him that ball back with a chance to kick that field goal. All right. You really? thought about your money makers. Oh, it's I a tough it. one. It's tough when they win. It's there's so many contributing forces. Who gets I, to go first? Do you want to go first? I don't want to go. Okay, first. Okay, go for it. All right. If I take yours, I hope you, I'm sure you have plenty of backups. Yeah, I got I, I got go a couple with.
0: backups here.
1: I'm gonna go with Mitch Trubisky. Oh, I took mine. Pay that man his money. I just feel like <laughs> it's the obvious one, and I want to grab that obvious one and make it my own and put it in my pocket as mine and. I know you share it too. Everybody shares it, but I mean 9 for 12 144 yards in a tutty speaks for itself. 140 or 142.4 passer rating speaks for itself. I mean, the man came in cold off the bench after being benched and won the football game against the greatest quarterback to ever walk this earth when he was doing his comeback thing and you know had the pressure turned up to 11. Even though he missed that two-point conversion, there's a lot of time left on that clock for Mitch Trubisky to try to ice it, and he iced it. What a phenomenal performance. My hat's off to him. He's my moneymaker. I don't disagree with you.
0: Obviously, that was going to be mine. But I think the next obvious candidate goes to the guy who caught a lot of those balls from Mitch Trubisky. Chase Claypool deserves that money after, after yesterday.
2: Pay that man his money.
0: This was, I, again, I've said this in a previous episode, I think this was a, the career-defining, through a, a, a very small sample size, only three years, but the career-defining game for Chase Claypool. Your starting quarterback goes down, you're facing the greatest of all time against Tom Brady, and the guy who comes in to relieve your injured quarterback is the guy who got really the brunt force of of the blame uh, for the first four weeks of the season Uh, with a a very stagnant offense, a very weak offensive performance. I mean, yeah, Claypool and Deontay got some criticisms as well. But Really, a a lot of people were pointing the finger at Mitch because when Kenny came in in relief in the Jets game, you saw that spark, right, that everyone refers to now that Kenny provided. But I'll, I'll say this. I think Mitch brought a spark himself on Sunday afternoon yesterday, but that spark would not have been there if it weren't for Chase Claypool. Because it was the ball was being thrown in his direction. And I think it was done so with a purpose because usually we thought after the last two weeks that George Pickens was going to be the number one receiver moving forward. And I'm not saying that Claypool now has earned that right. But if you're the number one receiver, you should be getting the ball. And Chase Claypool repetitively just kept getting the ball when Mitch was in a, a third and long situation. And I think... The reason was was because Mitch trusted Claypool most in those moments, and deservedly so because, or rightfully so because Chase kept coming down with the ball, whether it was toe dragging or making the effort uh, on with his hands, or as you mentioned earlier, having that that connection with Mitch, seeing Mitch scramble, changing his route on the go, to get open and then beyond, not just open but open beyond the the yard to gain the line to gain. All of his efforts, Claypool's, I think, really come together to, to form his the best game of his career.
1: A ton of great action in week six of the NFL that we uh, have best. to get. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. Wait. Someone's in my ear. I'm getting some. Are we sure? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. If you say so, this is unprecedented. We're going to hand out a third Monday moneymaker. Oh, really? Right now. Devin Bush gets to be Devin a Monday moneymaker. Devin Bush,
0: maker. absolutely. Pay that man his money. Collect your pay payment from this game check, The sir. ultimate
1: team sport is football. It takes a series of plays throughout the game to win a football game. Very rarely can you trace it down to just one. But that PBU on the two-point conversion yep. was the weightiest of the plays that were made by the Steelers to win the game. So, Devin Bush, hats off to you, man. A lot of negativity towards you the past couple of years. Great play to win a football mm-hmm. game. That that play helped win your team the football game. Absolutely, it helped win. And it's great to see him do it in coverage, too. <clears throat> right. Love to see that. Hey, you can listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime anywhere through your smart speaker. Just say Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. Well, like I was saying before I was interrupted there with Devin Bush's Monday <laughs> Moneymaker. A good Tons though. of great NFL action to dive into, especially two massive games in the primetime slots yesterday. So we'll dive into the NFL Week 6 recap, maybe touch a little bit on that game tonight as well. In our next episode, he's Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opferman, and you're listening to The Steelers Standard.